Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So, actually, you know what? I should try this again. Just hang on. Let me try. Let me try this again. I tried it uh, about a half hour ago, and I, I keep trying it. Let's see if uh, let's see if it works this time. Uh, all right, I'm calling. Thank you for calling Truist. We apologize as our credit card activation system is currently unavailable. Mm, no. Please continue to use your existing credit card. I can't because you guys turned it off. So, to recap, uh, here's where we stand. A couple weeks ago, I get a call out of the blue from Truist, somebody who claimed to be from the bank, and then asked me a bunch of personal information, and I refused to give it to him. Then he, uh, and I said, if you want the info, you're going to have to give it to me, because I'm not going to give you my info. And then he realized, okay, that's actually a more secure way to do it. So then he proved that he was actually from Truist. Uh, And then he said, we're going to be sending you some credit cards, but maybe not. We're not sure. Maybe. I said, all right, we'll keep a look uh, uh, lookout for him. And lo and behold, uh, we get the credit cards. They say uh, in the envelope, it says, here are your cards. You have to um, uh, activate them, but you can't activate them now. You got to wait until September 18th, and then they had a time. I think it was noon. So we tried to activate them. After our existing credit cards got declined, we went out to eat for dinner. Our credit card got declined. So we, uh, and by the way, I said this earlier, we route everything through the credit card. It's a safety mechanism. I advise other people to do this as well. Uh, So this way, if somebody gets your numbers, they don't get, um, or they get your debit card, they don't get access to your bank account. They don't have access to your cash, right? They get the credit card. And we've had people that have, uh, uh, that have gotten a hold of debit cards and we don't ever get alerted to that stuff. Credit card happens and the banks are right on it. Because it's their money, right? So they are they are right on it. They immediately notify us, hey, there's suspicious activity happening. Like, well, yes, there is. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> so that's what we do. We route it all through the credit card. Well, we couldn't do it at dinner. And we said, oh, that's right. We have to activate the credit card. So we go home and activate the credit card. Ah, no, you can't. We got that message. I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's a lot of people calling. I'll just do it on the mobile app. Ah, no, you can't. Okay, fine. I'll do it on the website. I'll go to the full-blown website and do it there. Oh, no, you can't do it there either. So they've deactivated the cards, and they've broken the activation system. Now, I would not normally be talking about this on the show. I, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to make it about me, and, and I wasn't aware that this was... Uh, going on for anybody else until I came across this story at WCNC television, the NBC affiliate. Julia Kaufman, the reporter, talks about how a lot of Truist customers can't use their credit cards right now. And that's when I realized this is a much bigger problem. And then I went onto social media and started seeing that there are people that are in like some pretty dire straits over this. People who went overseas were specifically advised that when they go on their trip, use the credit card. 
Don't use your debit card overseas. Use a credit card overseas. So that's what they did, and now their card is canceled. They can't use it. So now you're on vacation. You had everything planned to to spend on this credit card, and now you can't. And you can't activate your new cards. You got people that this is the only credit card they've got. They have a car repair. Sorry, you're screwed. Good job, Truist. See, I wouldn't even be bringing this up if the explanation was cogent, I guess is the word for it. Um, I don't know. Not dumb. How about that? Just, I, I, I can't make heads or tails as to what's going on. And the fact that they're being so cagey about it now has raised more concerns for me. Because it says to ensure, this is what they said uh, in their official statement to the TV station, quote, to ensure the best client experience. Really? We are encouraging those clients to continue using their existing credit cards for now. I can't. You deactivated it. You shut down the credit cards before the deadline or at the deadline. You turned every, you turned these cards off. How many? Don't know. They won't say. They're not telling anybody how many people this is affecting. Some people may not even be aware of it. Think about that. I've got like you got cards in your wallet that you don't use, right? <laughs> That's one of my biggest problems actually as I keep getting like it's like a I don't know, it's like this like last man standing kind of a game where I get notices from credit card companies that are like, "Hey, you haven't used your credit card in a really long time. When are you going to use it again? We're going to shut you down. It's like, oh, 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 this is the next one that's going down. Because I just don't use them. So um, how many people have a card, a Truist card, in their wallet that has now been deactivated? They may have no idea that all of this garbage is going on. And, and then they might need it for an actual emergency, and now they can't use it. So they say... We're encouraging people to use your existing cards if they work. What do you, by the way, what are you encouraging people to do if they don't have a card that works? I got nothing from the customer service rep that I talked to, unless, of course, it was an AI chat bot, which it probably was. But they didn't offer me any solution. And you know me, I'm all about solutions. But they didn't, they didn't give me any kind of uh, guidance. They didn't say, this is what you need to do in the meantime or We'll rush you out a replacement card or anything like that. No, no, no. It just, sorry, can't help. That's literally what they told me. Sorry, we have nothing else to do for you. Once the new cards are fully functional and ready for use, we'll provide updates when activation is available. Yeah, that's a problem. You know what's going to happen before I get your activation code? I'll probably be at another bank. That's what's going to happen here. Because now we're on, we're uh, what, day three, day four of this? Truist is telling customers they hope to fix the problem soon, but they don't have a timeline. Is it before I go to a new bank or after? Automatic bills are coming due. Other people worry about folks that don't have any kind of backup options. I also went over and took a look at their um, their Twitter account, which is, by the way, side note, hilarious, that apparently somebody already had the Twitter handle, Truist. <laughs> Some guy, he's got the hand, he's got the Twitter account named Truist. So they have to use 
at Truist News or something. <laughs> and so I started reading some of the people that are replying, and it's not a lot. There are not a lot of people that are um, that are finding Truist on Twitter and complaining about it. Now, I don't know if that changes, but maybe this isn't a very large population of people that are affected. But here is one of the replies from the official Truist account. They said, thank you for reaching out. We are working on planned updates to Truist credit card services. And so some functions are temporarily unavailable, including card activation. Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Who's the moron who canceled all the cards, set up the activation for a a date certain period, and then took the system down for planned updates? Who did that? Is that, what I, is that what I'm hearing? That you guys scheduled updates at the exact time when you canceled people's credit cards and gave them new ones right when they would need to use your system that you're taking down for updating. None of this makes sense. They say, we appreciate your patience during this time. Please feel free to uh, direct message anytime you have any questions. Um, I got another one here. Gary, corporations literally get worse and dumber the bigger they are. More middle management, fewer people willing to go against the system, so more dumb ideas flow down the pipe with no challenge. Credit unions are almost always better than banks. Um, I got a message here. Uh, I really don't understand the people in corporate boardrooms hearing these names being pitched for the company or pharmaceutical products and being like, yeah, that sounds great. We're talking about the name when they renamed it Truist. There was another one. Uh... GJM says, uh, bank issues here. Bitcoin fixes this. Credit card inoperable overseas. Inoperable overseas. Bitcoin fixes this. Federal Reserve note, value being printed out of existence. Bitcoin fixes this. Um, and then one from Hellion uh, who says, uh, I'm interested to see who Truist's back-end credit card processor is. And then he took a guess that it was TSYS. It's a company, TSYS, and then confirmed they do use TSYS, um, and apparently every time there's some sort of a debit card or credit card issue, the banks yell at these back-end processors. That's sort of the uh, their MO, TSYS. Never heard of it, but as I understand it, uh, the, the acronym stands for this system, yes, sucks. That's what I understand that's the case. That's a good authority. Got an email from Joseph who says, we just used our truest visa at Mod Pizza and it was fine. We just got back from the beach yesterday, though, and I noticed many of our charges are still in pending status from like three days ago. You know what? We noticed that same thing a couple of days ago. A bunch of the charges were hung up for some reason. Don't know why. Um, Jan says, it sounds like whoever timed the upgrade for the credit card system went to the same school that taught marketing to the people for that last Bud Light campaign. That's possible. Same school of business. Um, Steve, welcome to the program. Hello, Steve. How are you? Yo. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey. Hey. Uh, yeah. Uh, my little situation with Truist has been going on for two months. And what I did was I made a payment on the card. The teller posted it wrong. So the, the card company didn't get it, so they charged me a, a late fee and, and interest. Well, here's the, here's the deal. 
it ain't Truist Bank's card. It's just their name on it. Mm-hmm. This is shopped out to a different vendor for the card services, and Truist has no control over it. This is so, T. Yeah, their system or their their back end provider is their processor is T Sys T S Y S, which I think stands for this system. Yes, sucks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right on, man. So I'm with you 100. percent And when you got a bank that their stock's down 30 percent and they miss 12 million dollars on their quarterly. I mean, I'm with you. Let's look somewhere else. This is nonsense. Yeah, after the merger problems and um, and now this, it's just uh, like, yeah, I, I want to believe it's just ineptitude, but that actually is that doesn't inspire confidence either. So, <laughs> yeah, and and I do want to say, Pete, that we're talking about the bank here, not the some of the people that work there. This guy that's trying to help work this issue yeah. out for me has been banging his head against their door for two months. Everybody and that we, I've ever dealt with at Truist has been great. I know people yeah, that work for the too. bank, and they're they're great. And, and uh, I don't have any ill will towards them. That's that is not my intention here. But uh, like, first off, I was surprised at the way this went down. Uh, but now I'm I'm surprised at how little attention it's receiving, and I am completely dissatisfied with their excuses so far that I have seen. Uh, you you can't get any kind of information from them right. that's anything other than hey, use your existing credit cards, which is I mean that's that's like a that's gaslighting. You're telling somebody who had their cards disconnected, deactivated, you're telling them, well, just use that card. I can't use that card. You deactivated my card. And now you won't let me activate the new one you gave me. So what are you telling me to do? What, what's the solution? Why is this happening? And they have no answers for any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I am really glad you brought this up because I'm like you. I've been totally frustrated with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been with that banking system for over 40-something years, back when it was Republic Bank, then oh, wow. something else, and then BB&T bought it out, and now they're there. I'm done. Mm. <laughs> no, I hear you. Steve, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Right, buddy. Always enjoy the show. Buddy. Thanks, sir. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, here's a message that uh, the truest uh, Twitter account received. We are traveling outside the country to get married. We set up our travel credit card with you. Now we are in a foreign country with your card that is not working. We have tried calling and calling and calling the international line, but nothing. How are we going to fix this? And their response is, thank you for reaching out with your concerns. Please continue to use your existing credit card until further notice. You can check for updates in Truist Online Banking and the Truist Mobile app for when the activation of your new card is available. We apologize for any inconvenience. If we can be of further assistance, you haven't been of any assistance. How can you say further assistance when you haven't been of any assistance? And then somebody else responds, we are in a similar situation. Think about that. You are traveling overseas for your wedding. You specifically set up this credit card for that travel. And they shut it down before you leave or while you're in transit. Another one, trying to activate a credit card website says to call, but the automated phone system hangs up on you. Any idea what's going on? No. No, they don't. I don't think so. And then this from Stephen Horn. He says, I was a longtime customer of BB&T, now Truist, before they suddenly closed my account for no apparent reason, besides the fact that my bank records were subpoenaed by the J6 committee.
Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Alrighty, so uh, the EpicTimes.com reporting, a North Carolina independent journalist who released a January 6th documentary just days before his federal trial began, was found guilty on September 18th, so three days ago, right at the same time, the truest thing. Anyway, um, he was found guilty September 18th in Washington, D.C. on four misdemeanor charges for being inside the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. Stephen Horn. I've had him on the program. I I, I interviewed him. He did some of the coverage, uh, uh, the, the best coverage on... Uh, the woman, remember, who was arrested for uh, violating the the mask mandates and the gathering uh, uh, bans for violating the uh, the gathering bans during the uh, pandemic. Stephen Horn, out of Raleigh, he was found guilty by a U.S. District Court jury of entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. That's what Ray Epps got the plea for. Uh, violent entry and disorderly conduct in a Capitol building and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. The jury deliberated less than 90 minutes after a three-day trial before U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly. The judge set sentencing for January 10th, 2024. Mr. Horn told uh, the Epic Times shortly after the verdicts were announced, quote, my attitude is that if you expect the worst, you'll never be disappointed. He said he was at the Capitol and he was there to document the events as a journalist, not to protest. But prosecutors said that after entering the Capitol, Mr. Horn stood on a monument while filming the crowds with a cell phone. Well, that's true. There's a there's a photo of that. And that's what you do when you are trying to get footage. You try to get into a vantage point to shoot the video. That's what you're doing you're there to shoot video you're looking for different angles you're looking for uh, better viewpoints and so if you've got a, a mass of humanity all pouring through the capital and you can't get good video because there are too many people in your way you got to get up higher so you can get a lay of the land and that's what he did now you can say he shouldn't have stood up on whatever it was he stood up on i don't know it, 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 it wasn't like a 20 foot high statue um, but he got he he got himself up onto a thing. I don't know. It looked to be about I don't know six or seven feet high, because he was just above the crowd, and somebody got a picture of it or a still frame, a screen grab of it, and people keep showing this picture of Stephen Horn because he also had a black helmet on, um, and so they and, and he's he's got his camera and he's videotaping, and he released his he put together and edited a documentary. Oh, and by the way, the day after. The January 6th riot, 
he put out a statement on, I believe this was on Facebook, at 2.29 a.m., so like 12 hours, not even, after the insurrection, right? This is what he says, quote, I was in D.C. today when the Capitol was stormed. This is the full unedited footage I took. So he posted it immediately. It contains mature content, a few notes about what I witnessed. The people inside the Capitol were not, by and large, Antifa. If there were Antifa involved in the criminality that occurred, they only formed a small percentage. This was not a peaceful protest. I saw many instances of pushing against police officers, as well as at least one instance where a barrage of projectiles was thrown. Once we were inside, it seemed there were at least as many in the crowd trying to actively prevent harm to police officers as there were who were trying to attack them or push them back. Does this sound like somebody who was there to engage in insurrection, who was there to protest? Does that sound like somebody? I was a little surprised, he says, at the lack of property destruction I witnessed compared to some of the left-wing riots in Raleigh that happened this year. While I did see a broken mirror and other destruction in Representative Pelosi's office, I did not see much destruction for destruction's sake. I did not see the incident in which a woman was shot by Capitol uh, Police, now ID'd as Ashley Babbitt. I did see a man who appeared to have fallen from some height and was laying on an improvised stretcher. Someone who appeared to be examining him said that he had broken both his legs. I don't know if that was accurate or if he ended up being one of the three others confirmed to have died in, quote, medical emergencies at the scene. I did not enter the Capitol building as part of the protest or for cheap thrills, but to accurately document and record a significant event which was taking place. Feel free to share, download, repost this video or any clip from it. And he was just sentenced, or sorry, he was just convicted by a judge, or a jury rather. Yeah, jury. It was a jury trial. Convicted by a jury in Washington, D.C. This, is, this was his immediate statement afterwards when he released all of the footage that he shot. He says, I was there as an independent journalist to document the events. This is what I saw. He says... What he pushes back on some of the stuff, these narratives that a, a lot of pro-Trump people and, and pro-J6 people were saying, right, that it was all the Antifa that did it. He says, not my experience. And he, Stephen Horn, apparently has some experience with the Antifa people in the Raleigh area from when they burned and looted that city during the summer of fiery but mostly peaceful protests, right? He says it was not a peaceful protest. That's not exactly the line someone would take if you were saying that it, you know, this was all just, you know, the, uh, uh, the you know, peaceful protesting people walking through and all that. He says it wasn't a peaceful protest. He saw a lot of incidents of people assaulting cops. Yet now he is convicted. He is thrown in with the worst of the worst, Right. And according to him, he had his bank account frozen when the J6 committee subpoenaed his bank records. Um, he says uh, that uh, he offered the video that he shot on January 6th 
to the FBI. He said, quote, because I witnessed vandalism and multiple assaults against police officers, but they decided to arrest me and charge me with four misdemeanor charges instead. The Libertarian Party of North Carolina put out a statement about this. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Yeah, so the Libertarian Party of North Carolina put out a press release after the conviction of Stephen Horn, an independent journalist uh, who was at the J6 riots, uh, recorded all this footage, offered it to the FBI, put out a statement at like 2 a.m. after he got back to, I guess, the hotel or wherever, uh, put out a statement talking about how uh, what he witnessed there was, you know, was not peaceful protesting. He did not see Antifa that was, uh, uh, you know, orchestrating all of the violence. Um, but he got convicted anyway. He was convicted anyway. Libertarian Party of North Carolina condemns in the strongest terms imaginable the guilty verdict for journalist Stephen Horn over imaginary offenses of which he was accused for documenting the events of January 6th. By the way, the headline on this press release is the U.S. DOJ mocks the concept of a free press. Um, Stephen has clearly demonstrated that he was there fully in his press capacity, including having released a documentary on his experience that day. Given that there's no demonstrable evidence that Stephen engaged in any sort of malfeasance whatsoever, the only conclusion we can draw is that the DOJ is using this to send a message to any other journalists who might act in a way that does not fit their agenda. This guilty verdict shows that our system is completely broken and justice is not possible when the weight of an angry state is against you. Um, I will say that what seems to be the only piece of evidence that prosecutors offered up here was that uh, after entering the Capitol, Mr. Horn stood on a monument while filming the crowds with a cell phone. And he could be heard, they claim, he could be heard on video chanting USA. I, I don't know if he did or not. He never says he did that. But that's what they claim. They said you can hear him chanting USA. Mr. Horn entered the office of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, although he said he didn't go inside the Capitol with the intention of finding her office. Okay. So you're there videotaping. You say, yeah, I didn't go in there with the intention of going into her office, but I'm in there following the crowd around videotaping. And then they walked into the office. I followed them in. How is that? How is that proof of guilt of something? In the introduction to the film, Mr. Horn said he offered the video to the FBI, but they uh, decided instead to arrest him. Um, 
The Libertarian Party said for a journalist to be found guilty for performing duties as a member of the press marks the ending of any illusion that our country remains free. Now be careful, Libertarian Party in North Carolina. That sounds awful insurrection-y. Stephen will be sentenced for the crime of real journalism in January. Uh, and then they give a link to his Give, Send, Go defense fund uh, as well. I... Uh, I also came across the um, the video of U.S. Representative Victoria Sparts. Did you see this? It runs. Let me see. I, I don't have enough time. I don't think to play it here. Um, Fifty-four, four minutes. Well, you know what? Well, because it's fifty-five now, that's going to push us all the way up to the top of the hour. So let's not do it. We'll wait until the uh, the next hour. I will play it at the start of the next hour. It is something. It is something. Because of all, it's one of the one of these things. Uh, I was talking about it last night on the live stream that the the people who come to America from totalitarian regimes they are they are in my mind like the best defenders of the American ideal. They have a clarity, and they've got experience. That they just have a way of a lot, not all, okay, hashtag not all of them, but so many of them are like the best, um, uh, the best at articulating what it is that we are losing. And they know the, the, the signs along the pathway because they come from a place where, where we seem to be heading. Like they, they've lived there. They've, they're, it's like they're, they're, they're running from that destination and they see us and they're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Why are you going over there? You do not want to go over there. I'm, I am from there. Trust me. Victoria Sparts, she is originally from what now is called Ukraine. She's from Ukraine and she's an immigrant and she is a congresswoman from Indiana. And she is also a member of the House Judiciary Committee. And she questions Merrick Garland yesterday during that committee, during that hearing. And uh, I didn't catch it yesterday. I caught it. Well, I did catch it yesterday. At about 4 o'clock, I saw uh, this video. And I saw uh, it was sent out. A woman uh, retweeted it. And she said, I, uh, I think I'm a lesbian now. <laughs> She's in love with Congresswoman Sparts. Um, Tristan Justice at thefederalist.com. Said uh, Judge Timothy Kelly began handing down sentences for the Proud Boy defendants. Joseph Biggs got a 17-year sentence. Um, Ethan Nordian, uh, he got a uh, 18-year sentence. Enrique Tario, he got 22 years and he wasn't even there. Federal prosecutors used terrorist enhancements to extend the convicts' sentences over a riot where the only fatal victims were pro-Trump demonstrators. Biggs' 17-year stay was enhanced over the defendant's destruction of a fence on Capitol grounds. See, if only that was a barricade around the White House during the Black Lives Matter protests, then you could tear those down no problem. Light all sorts of stuff on fire, including a church.